0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Black Tech Unplugged. I'm your host, Dina McKay, and I'm back for a full episode of the podcast. So I was thinking, who would be the best person to start off and have the first episode of Black Tech Unplugged? And after thinking for a bit, I realized, why don't I introduce myself to you, the listeners? I am a woman in tech and I've been in the industry for five years. However, many of you probably don't know my story and many of you probably haven't met me personally. So what better way to connect than to share with you my process and my journey through the tech industry? So I've been in the tech industry, like I said, for over five years and how I got into tech was actually very interesting. So in high school, there were a lot of options for computer classes, Photoshop, Photoshop, access excel anything from the basics to the more advanced and as i was taking computer classes one of the teachers recognized that you know technology was something that i was good at and she always pushed for me to take the more advanced classes but at the time like i said i was in high school i thought if you were taking these computer classes You were kind of looked at as the nerd and I didn't want to be that person. And, you know, you have a little ego in high school. So I did not pursue many computer classes as I probably should have and definitely not as many as I could have. So after that experience in high school, going into college, I thought I was going to be an athletic trainer. Yes, I, Dina McKay, thought I was going to be an athletic trainer, the person that runs onto the court or the field during sports events and helps the injured player. And I went through college for a semester. And after taking these classes, I just realized I did not want to be the person that was wrapping people's crusty ankles. I did not want to try to carry a man that was about three times my size. Just athletic training was not for me. Let's put it that way. And so after that first semester during winter break, I had to decide what is going to be my next move. I can't I didn't want to go undecided and wait and waste any time. So I knew I liked all the latest technologies. And I knew that I liked playing with the technology and being that gadget girl. And then I also liked business. So I knew a little bit of coding at the time, and I knew I didn't want to be a programmer. So I chose not to pursue computer science. But I knew that there was something called information systems management, which is a mixture of business and computers. And what better way to pursue my interests than taking this major? So I decided to pursue information systems. And let me tell you, I loved every minute of it. I got to learn the computer side. So I was still learning computer languages and coding, if need be. But then I also got the business side, which I got to learn marketing and management and I also got to learn some social media because that's when social at that time social media was first being introduced Facebook Twitter that kind of thing and so after completing my undergraduate degree I went on to grad school so another two years of school and also majored in information systems and so during this time I'm getting my degrees and obviously I've had I've had some internships. So during my time at internships, I was everything from an application developer, which is when I learned I didn't really want to be a programmer. And then I've also gone from everything from application developer to business intelligence, which is a wide stream of topics. So I was an application developer, business analyst, QA analyst, business intelligence intern, and all of these jobs taught me something. One, they taught me what I did and didn't like in the tech industry, so it taught me. I really enjoy being a business analyst and QA analyst. For a QA analyst, for those of you who don't know, it's a quality assurance analyst, and that is the person that tests everything that occurs in a program. So that button you click to hit save, someone tested that. That button you clicked on a website, enter, after you enter all your information, Someone tested that. And that's what a QA analyst does. And I just enjoyed the attention to detail that that job brought. I enjoyed being that person knowing that I could create something and make sure it works for a customer that brought pleasure to my life. And then a business analyst, for those of you who don't know, is a person who collects requirements from the customer. The customer could be anywhere from someone who's internal in the company who could be a could be a separate client which would be a separate company that you go to and you can collect requirements. You ask them questions and have customer meetings. You just gather as much data as you can. As an application developer, I was able to develop a Wikipedia site for the company that I was working for, which is something it's a little different. But I also was able to work with the different tools and resources that they had to create different things that I wanted to I did all of these positions, and I'm so thankful because it let me see different spectrums of the tech industry. There's so many different jobs and positions that you can take in this industry that many people probably haven't even heard of, which you'll hear about when we get to my current job. But after all of these internships and all of the education that I received, I went on and became a consultant. So. At that time, I didn't really know what a consultant was or what they did. And for those of you who don't know, consultants usually go to a job site three to four days a week and they interact with the client. And from my position, I was able to create different IT systems. So I was interacting with the client, gathering that data information like a business analyst would. But then I was also getting deep down into the nitty gritty of technology and being able to create and make the system with the help of developers, a project manager, and other business analysts. So I was able to see the full spectrum of the software development project, and that would be from beginning to end all the way to being a QA analyst. And so that's what I liked about my position was that I had the BA part, but I also got to participate as a QA, so that was awesome. And then after my first consulting position, I went to another consulting company, and it was more of a startup. And so I got to experience the startup atmosphere, kind of creating your own rules and creating different responsibilities based on what, how the company was growing. And unfortunately, after that position, I was laid off. And I was laid off in a very tough time in my life. At one point in the morning, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. And then later that day, I was laid off. So I was in that position of what? the heck am I supposed to do now? I'm really stuck between a rock and a hard place and I've got to pick myself up because I can't just not have a job. I'm, I have to do something. So from that point on, I was at every job fair interviewing for any position and just trying to get back into the work per- full time. And you know, that just, that situation taught me a lot. It taught me about being strong because it, Took me three good months to actually find another full time position, and I'll get to that in a little bit. But I had to be strong. You go for an interview, and you know, you get that rejection letter, and it hurts a little bit. But I had to stay strong because I knew that another full time opportunity was in my grasp. I just hadn't found it yet. So after three good months, and it was a whole summer, so at least I got a kind of a summer break, I guess. I get a phone call from a recruiter, and they are offering me an interview for a position that, they curr- that I'm currently still in, and it was for an enterprise architect. And obviously, no one knows what an enterprise architect is because they ask me that and look at me crazy every time I say it. So an enterprise architect is someone who uses the business strategy and what people are doing in a business, and they use that information and apply it to their technical resources. So for instance, if my company has a goal of making sure everyone is connected at all times, I take the technical resources and make sure that I can, whatever I can do on the technical side matches the business strategies and goals. And this is so helpful because I was always on my major was information systems management. I was always between business and technology. And this works perfectly because I'm interacting with the business side and I have to put the information that developers are telling me into layman's terms because business people don't understand technical words and technical jargon. They don't know what they're talking about. So to have to communicate between the two groups is exactly what I went to school for. And it's an exact match for what I guess I was set here to do. And so an enterprise architect is not as complicated as it sounds, but it is part of the IT governance part of the tech industry. And so that's what I currently do now. But from all of my experiences and all I've been through there's a lot that I can share with you guys so tips for people that are currently in the tech industry I definitely would say one main thing is do not give up there are going to be times when things are so hard you're going to think that you can't find the solution and that you don't know what to do but whatever you do don't give up we all have those moments where it feels overwhelming and like it's too much but We always seem to get through it, don't we? So why should we give up? Another tip I have for people who are currently in the industry is find a mentor. And I know everyone says that and it's so whatever, whatever. But here's my take on mentorship. Mentorship doesn't have to always be with someone that you see every day. Mentorship could be with someone that you might see them doing amazing things in the industry and you admire the path and the the steps that they took to get where they are. And you just study that person. You see their steps. You see how they moved. And you can, too, adapt that into your career and your life. And we always have to remember mentorship comes in all shapes, sizes, colors, everything. So look for someone that maybe doesn't look like you, someone who's in, who has opposite skills than you, that can teach you how to get to that next level. And also remember, mentorship should not be with a person who is on the same level as you. That's called being a colleague. And that is something completely different. That's a support system. A mentor should be someone who's gone through the things you've gone through so they can give you advice. And more so, a mentor should also be able to help take you to the next level and encourage and push you to want to be on the next level. As opposed to on the same level, because when you're on the same level, you guys are basically colleagues just telling each other your gripes and successes and failures and and that kind of thing in life, as opposed to pushing you to the next level. And some tips for new people trying to get into tech. As I told in my story, I started off as an athletic training major. How do you go from athletic training to information systems? You do it because you have passion. And if you're passionate about tech, that's going to take you far. Just make sure that whatever you do, you keep your passion and you stay focused. If you stay focused, you can achieve anything. Also, for new people trying to get in tech, I've obviously had a wide spectrum of jobs. So make sure that you take any opportunity to learn and experience anything that you can. Because if I didn't do an application developer internship, I never would have known That I don't like programming and I could have been stuck in a job that I didn't even like. So you have to try different positions to find out what do you like. And sometimes it takes a while. And sometimes you're going to be in an experience where you're going to say, wow, I can't believe I was there. But at least you experienced it and it's part of your story and it's part of your journey. So accept that. Last tip for new people trying to get into tech, always take a risk. You're not going to know the answers right away because this will be a new industry for you. But what if you take a risk, I can guarantee you that the results are going to be, they're going to be worth it. It's definitely going to be worth it for you. So now you know a little bit more about me. And I also want to just tell you, take a moment and just say thank you for listening. I made this podcast so that people of color could listen to the stories of other people of color that are doing amazing things in the tech industry. I wanted to make sure that the people that were not in mainstream media showing their work, but were achieving very many accomplishments, had a chance to tell their story and were open and honest and allow a space for people of color to feel safe to tell their story. I can't wait for all the tips and resources that the people that I interview are going to share with you guys. You're going to be so well informed after some of these episodes. and you're just I expect to record an episode once a month and share it with you guys. In the meantime, if you want to connect on social media, please feel free to find me on Instagram or, or Twitter under Dina, D-E-E-N-A underscore M-C-K-A-Y. Again, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter, and then you can also find the podcast on Instagram for now, and it's under Black Tech Unplugged, full name, Black Tech Unplugged. And if you want to have a discussion and talk about the episodes, please feel free to use Black Tech Unplugged, the hashtag, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and I will make sure that people are led to the conversation and we just keep it going.